Good evening friends, Punarvas Jayakumar here from Advait Learning. How are you doing today? So how's the studies going? Cool. Uh, so yesterday we had discussing cluster 1. I think we finished it. So let's go ahead with cluster 2 today. Alright. So cluster 2 is by far one of the most important clusters. 100% there will be a question on cluster 2. And cluster 2 is nothing but you know the type of directors. So let's go section wise. Maybe today I'll do a couple of sections tomorrow, a couple of sections like that. It'll be easy. Cool. So let's just see the types of directors. So we have already discussed who's a director, right? So director is an individual and he has to be part of something called as a board of directors that we have already seen. So yesterday we saw 149.1 and uh, other sections. Now cluster two, today we are talking about the types of directors. You may have heard so many types of directors, right? Executive, non-executive, professional, independent, resident director, woman director and all those things. Anyway, but as per the Companies Act 2013, apart from, of course, woman director as well, there are around nine categories of directors. So let me list them out. First one is the first director that is under 152 subsection one. So who is he? The person who has been appointed first time once the company is, uh, what do you say, incorporated. So those first directors of the board, once the company gets incorporated, would be the first director, right? Second is reappointment of retiring director. That comes under 152, 6 and 7. Reappointment of retiring director is not a type of director exactly, uh, so to speak, but it is a mechanism whereby, you know, rotation mechanism where people who are appointed and who are treated as rotational directors will rotate. So since that one third concept is there, which we'll come to it. So generally, I can say roughly around every three years, they will rotate. Third would be what appointment of a person as a director other than a retiring director. This is the uh, only way to enter the company as a director. That is section 160. So we would have seen the four pillars of corporate democracy in that one pillar would be appointment of director. So in that section 160, how will you appoint a director? You always appoint a director under 152.2. That is the charging section or rather that's a section which speaks about what type of resolution is needed. But the procedure is enshrined in section 160. So 160 is the appointment of a person as director other than the retiring director. Then we have additional director under 161.1. Then we have alternate director under 161.2. And nominee director under 161.3. Who is an additional director under 161.1? This person will be appointed if uh, there are, you know, the company, there's some project going on and the company needs an expert director, right? So rather than appointing a regular director, they'll appoint an expert director. He'll be there for a limited period that comes under 161.1. What is the period, etc. We'll see when we do for, when we go for uh, sectional analysis, right? Next, alternate director. Who is an alternate director? An alternate director is a director who leaves, I mean, who is in, uh, who uh, is appointed in place of a person who leaves India for more than three months. So he's an alternate director. We'll come to that. So any person who is going outside India abroad for more than three months, in place of him, the director appointed would be called as an alternate director. Then we have nominee director. Who's a nominee director? Nominee director is appointed on behalf of these uh, financial institutions who have lent money to these uh, corporates. No corporate in India would uh, thrive or sustain without money, without finance. So obviously they would uh, borrow from banks and banks will just not borrow like that they would want the company I mean, unless it's a small loan small loans they'll not appoint a nominee director but large loans in crores of rupees 100 crore 200 crore 300 crore then they will say boss i want to appoint one nominee uh, director from my side who will sit on your board of directors that is nominee then we have casual vacancy director 161 4 
who's a casual vacancy director a director who's appointed in place of one more director who either died or was removed or who resigned so many things there are many reasons why a director can vacate the office before the expiry of his term so in such a case i will appoint somebody called as a casual vacancy director right next we have the small shareholders director that is given under section 151 small shareholder director so any a uh, person any company with which has uh, you know small shareholders that is nominal value 20000 they can come together and appoint a nominee director sorry a small shareholders director and lastly we have independent director under section 1495 and it goes up to 14912 now as you can see do you mean to say that all these directors are different or are they same in terms of powers uh, duties responsibilities all of them have the same powers duties and responsibilities but the main reason why we have these 11 uh, 9 classifications that as i said are because of two things one the way they enter the company is different right so the mode of appointment etc is different and how long they stay in the company that is also different that is the tenure because of which we have these categories so in this first audio clip let us understand the first director that is 152 subsection 1 so very very simple 152 subsection 1 so how to read this very simple so you can think of the first director at the center and there are two uh, things that come out of him in this uh, entire structure if you see it in a tabular format so this first director can either be appointed by the articles or if the articles are silent only then the section will apply so this is a power you know subject to articles so first i have to give you know the power to the articles i have to see the articles have articles appointed the first directors that is question number 1 that is you know condition number 1 if articles have appointed the first director then those people who are mentioned in the articles those guys will be called as the first directors however if the articles are silent then this section will be invoked 152 subsection 1 so when the law uses such terms where no provision is made in the articles like that anyway i have explained it in depth in my classes so i mean here it would be difficult to explain all that in audio clippings but in the classes those of you have taken my classes whether fast track or regular i have explained it in depth the concept of power derived from articles and power subject to articles so 1521 is an example of power subject to articles so very simple if the articles are silent i mean sorry if the articles mention the names of the first director blindly follow the articles if the articles are silent then the section will apply and what does the section say subscribers random who are individual shall be deemed to be the first directors mind you subscribers to memorandum keyword who are individuals means companies also can start a company like five companies can invest in a company but such uh, companies who are subscribers to memorandum cannot be the director because obviously yesterday we have seen that director has to be an individual and who are deemed to be the first directors which means what law is giving a deeming fiction saying that they are assumed to be first directors but are they actually first directors no they are assumed to be first directors until the first general meeting because ultimately the charging section for appointment of director is 152 2 1522 says every director shall be appointed by shareholders in general meeting and what resolution is that that would be ordinary resolution only so every uh, director shall be appointed by shareholders in general meeting 
and what is ordinary resolution that is given under 114 subsection 1 which says the votes cast in favor <coughs> should be more than the votes cast against that is simple majority more than 50% as simple as that and mind you those who are entitled to vote and who are voting so preference shareholders are not entitled to vote hence their votes are not counted and who are voting it says which means who should actively vote so those who abstain from voting their votes will not be counted apart from that everything else is the same right yesterday we had seen special resolution today we are seeing ordinary resolution cool so 1522 is the charging section which says every director shall be appointed by shareholders in general meeting that is ordinary resolution only but it starts with a line save as otherwise provided in the act expressly means what if some other section says shareholders are not needed but board only can appoint the directors then i have to follow that that you know particular section but if the particular section is silent on who has to appoint then i have to take recourse to 1522 so in the entire types of directors i need to go to each subsection and see whether the act has explicitly given Uh, who will appoint the director if it is given blindly follow it if it is not given then i'll have to come to 1522 so 1522 is like a general charging section coming to first directors as discussed first as i told you if the articles uh, give the names of the first directors then no problem blindly follow the first directors i mean the who are the names given in the articles if the articles are silent then i'll have to go to the subscribers memorandum who are individuals they are deemed to be the first directors and it says until the directors are appointed under the provisions of the act which provisions of the act i just discussed now 1522 so basically subscribers to memorandum if they ask in the exam what is the tenure of the article i mean first directors you need to see carefully the details given first director the tenure is of three types what is that first one the pers what is the tenure of the person who is appointed via articles route means whose name is mentioned in the articles so for him there is no tenure he will automatically fall into the rotation mechanism under 1526 second what is the tenure of the subscriber to memorandum who is individual who are deemed to be the first directors their tenure will be till the first extraordinary general meeting or you can say the first general meeting because it can happen at agm also so their tenure is till the first general meeting why because at the first general meeting 1522 is invoked then what is the uh, what do you say uh, tenure of the first director who has been appointed in that first uh, general meeting so for him again he will go into the mechanism so so actually there is only one way to enter into the mechanism of rotation that is 1526 mechanism which is the next uh, next section that we are discussing so what is the only route to enter the company so once you become a regular director you will enter into the mechanism of 1526 right and the only way to enter that mechanism is already discussed 1522 that is appointment of director through shareholders and you have to also follow the procedure of 160 so 1522 read with 160 is the only way to enter the company right as a regular director once you enter the company as a regular director then what will happen you will now go into the mechanism of 1526 but this entire structure that i explain has one exception and that exception is first director appointed via articles route right so the first director who was appointed via the articles route will directly go into the mechanism will bypass section 160 and go into the mechanism though my students who have taken the classes will 
understand this revisionary audio clip really well because this we had drawn a chart and all that remember guys others don't worry you shouldn't be like what is this fellow only telling my class students my class students don't worry i am just linking see first obviously since those people have taken my classes it's easier for me to link those classes so i am just taking that don't take offense or don't feel bad even if you have not taken my classes these audio clips will really help you don't worry but as i told you in the message before maybe here and there these interlinkings slightly you may have a problem because you would have taken somebody else's lecture or would have studied some other textbook you stick to that only now but you can listen to these audio clippings right okay so my guys my students you i am sure you can understand right what i am trying to tell so in the entire structure you enter through 1522 read with 160 and you directly go to the mechanism of 1526 but the only exception to this rule is first director appointed via the articles route all other fellows will have to go through the mechanism of 1522 read with 160 cool so that is how this uh, entire thing pans out and what happens if uh, none of the subscribers are individuals what is the course of action then the roc we cannot incorporate the company because you can't have the articles being silent also and you can't have the subscribers to memorandum only being companies so you need to have individuals so if you don't have individuals you should clearly mention the names of the first director clearly and also one more thing yesterday we saw that the maximum number of directors when you initially start off the company is maximum 15 only have to incorporate the company only then you have to go more than 15 so what if let's say the articles are silent and the company has some 20 individual subscribers so if the articles are silent what will happen subscribers to memorandum will be deemed to be the directors so does it mean you will have 20 first directors no in that case also roc will not incorporate the company now very simple how long will these directors uh, hold office as already discussed they will not vacate the office and all in the agm they will directly go into the mechanism of 1526 after having been regularized in one of the meetings before so this section will apply to all whether it's private company or public company so this is the first section of the day first directors 1521 i hope you understood cheers good evening buddies punarvas jaykumar here from advait learning so i think we have already finished in the last audio clip that is audio clip number 4 we have discussed first directors now let's go ahead and discuss the second audio of the day and that would be 1526 rotational and non rotational director so there is a very interesting uh, you know section mind you this subsection applies only to a public company and second it only applies where an agm is conducted so the rotation mechanism in the previous audio we have already discussed when this rotation happens or uh, why this rotation happens this rotation is very simple once you are a regular director under 1522 red with 160 root you need to enter into a mechanism where some directors retire by rotation and some directors do not retire by rotation this is just to check their efficiency and whether they are up for the job uh, think of it like a period where i'll give you 2 to 3 years where i'll see whether you are good or not if you are efficient you will continue otherwise i will just not continue with you so how does this work it's very simple first of all i have to see the articles again so it's a power subject to articles if the articles say all the directors will retire by rotation right hear me out if the articles say all the directors will retire by rotation then everybody will be called as retiring directors but if the articles are silent only then the section will apply and the section says very simple very simple provisions 
though it may seem to be very complicated but it's not and uh, many books have made a mess of this provision and they've uh, written some nonsense so kindly always consult the bear act nothing can be as accurate as the bear act so if you take the total number of directors now what is this total number we'll see later so you need to take the total number of directors you have to you have to calculate total number and take that from the total number of directors two third will be called as right rotational directors and the remaining one third will be called as non rotational directors so who are these non rotational directors one third how will you appoint non rotational directors you will not appoint them basically uh, all these companies public companies what they do they don't want to inconvenience managing directors whole time directors and all that so for them they will make them non rotational so is there any section for non rotational director no so basically in the agreement itself they will mention that you will be a non rotational director or if you read the articles of many companies they would have mentioned the following directors are non rotational they'll not give the directors names but they'll give the designation like say they say that managing director and whole time director of the company will be non rotational so generally can i make them rotational also definitely yes as i told you articles can make everybody rotational otherwise it's going to be two third and one third not less than two third is the rule so if i am computing the two thirds and i'm doing the calculation of two thirds if it comes to let's say 3.33 or 6.33 or something like that i have to make it as 7 because it says not less than two third if i make it 6 it will become less than two third because two third is equal to 6.33 so the two third computation should always be the next whole number right so two third will be non uh, rotational director sorry two third will be rotational directors one third will be non rotational directors so i discussed already who are these non rotational directors can these non rotational directors be removed 100% yes removal provisions are governed under 169 every director can be removed except a couple of exceptions which we when we uh, will be seeing i think yesterday we discussed 169 but we didn't uh, take the exceptions there because we hadn't done the um, types of directors so you would not have understood if i had, even if i had told the exceptions so we'll see that later anyway so 152 uh, 6 coming to that two third will be called as rotational directors remaining one third will be called as non rotational directors so non rotational directors can definitely be removed moving on of the two third here two third and one third two third who are rotational directors one third will be called as retiring directors so i have to take that two third number and compute one third of it when i am computing one third if it comes to 3.33 i should round it off to 3 not 4 because the second the provision says that if it is not one third then the number nearest to one third so first when i am taking the total number when i do two third that two third will be rounded off to the next whole number then remaining one third is non rotational that you leave that is just the balancing figure then of the two third when i compute of, of that what should i do i should do one third for example if there are 12 people what is two third it comes to around 8 one third will come to around 4 so now i have to do one third of that 8 so that comes to 2 point something so 2.67 so that should be read as 3 so in the first agm three people will retire that's how you need to read it very very simple so first two third will be next whole number the next one third of that two third will be the mathematical rule if it is less than uh, 0.5 then you have to you know take it to the lesser number if it is 0.5 or more you have to you know round it off to the next number very very simple 
Now, this so are all rotational directors retiring? What do you think? No, because as I told you, of two third, only one third shall actually retire. But are all retiring directors rotational? Very much. All retiring directors are very much rotational in nature. They have to rotate. So basically, this is how the entire thing works. First, I have the total number, then two third and one third, and of the two third, again one third. Number number nearest to one third. Now the question is, who will retire in this first? Though I have told one third of two third. In my example, twelve we had, then eight and four, and one third of eight was three. Let us say three. Now, which of the three will up uh, will retire? Three out of eight, right? Three out of eight. Which three will retire? So one provision which says those who have served the longest duration, he will retire. But what if they have been appointed on the same day? Then first I need to see whether there is an agreement between them. If there is no agreement between them, then it will be determined by lot mechanism. As simple as that. So. Very simple, guys. What is the objective of all these things? Two third, one third. Very, very simple. Basically, in the entire total number, managing director, whole time director, etc., will be exempt from this generally. So, in the articles only, I'll mention, or in the agreement only, I'll mention that boss, you don't come into all this rotation. You do your job under one ninety seven, one ninety six, and all. I'll give you five years time. You do your job. But for these guys, I'll say, look. You are rotational, which means you have been since because it's two third, one third. Technically, each director you can say that he'll have around roughly three years. So I have given you three years. You please, I will see how you work. If you are efficient, I will reappoint you. If you are not efficient, then I will not reappoint you. Now you may say, sir, but there's already removal provisions under one sixty nine. If I don't like him anyway, I can remove him. But think about it, guys. These are the directors of the company. See, for example, if I uh, start teaching my most favorite subject, that is ISCA, I am telling in a sarcastic way. I hate that subject. There is a subject in old syllabus law called ISCA. If I start teaching it, I'll be the world's worst teacher. And I know that I'm little decent in law. May not be great, but little decent in law. So if I, you have listened to my law lectures also, you have listened to my ISCA lectures also, and you have just listened to my ISCA lectures, so you will write me off as if I am the worst teacher on the planet, right? So if you have listened to my law and ISCA, you will say this guy is decent in law, but is miserable in ISCA. He should not have taken it up. Bad decision. So tell me one thing: it's just that the director may be extremely good, or he may be decent, but he is not fit for that company, right? He is not fit for that company. Like it's like Ishan Sharma opening the batting, right? Jasprit Bumrah opening the batting. It is is not fit for that role. He is an amazing bowler, but he cannot bat. When he can't bat, he can't open the innings for God's sake. So that's what it is. Or like our RCB had one test team when it started, right? So RCB. I mean, I always I love RCB, but then I do a lot of RCB bashing during my classes also. Those of you who have taken my class, you know. So RCB had a test team initially. Right, you had Wasim Jaffer, Rahul Dravid, Shivnar, and Chandapol in a T20. And I remember Wasim Jaffer, the first delivery he left. He left the ball in a T20 match. Think about it. So the thing is, I mean, they are wonderful players, no doubt about it. Hats off to them. They are brilliant players. They have reached the pinnacle of success in the most important matches. That is called a test match. That's why it's called a test. It will test your capabilities. But they are not cut out for this, you know, T20 uh, thing, T20 uh, matches. So what I'm saying is. directors may not be 
may be very good but he may not be fit for that company so will you humiliate him by removing him under 169 in 169 you have to give a love letter to him telling that please get out and that love letter will be circulated to all director all directors and entire company a specific meeting will only be called for you think about it catering also will be there you can't even enjoy the food because you're being thrown out in that meeting think about it right and then you have to go there you have to you know you you watched uh, game of thrones there is that walk of shame right so like that you will be walking and everyone will all will be you know chanting shame and not directly but you know you will get the feeling so the thing is why just because you are not fit for the company it doesn't seem well so this is a wonderful section to remove such directors who are inefficient or probably not fit for that company in a honorable manner i am giving them some honor that is why the section is there so don't creep telling that what is a stupid section 2/3 1/3 i anyway i have 169 every section has a meaning so this is the objective of that section then all the directors be rotational we have already discussed so how do you get the status of rotational non rotational i told you by the agreement only you generally get it what is the period of office we have already discussed yeah then now the question is who shall retire first that also we have seen very simple now what will happen at the agm at the agm these one third of the two third will come in front of you and seek reappointment if you like them you can reappoint if you don't like them you can need not reappoint and also if you feel that i need to replace them you can replace them but as shareholders you need to do one of these three things point number 1 reappoint them point number 2 don't reappoint them point number 3 appoint somebody else in their place now you are negligent you don't do any of these three things what will happen so the law says you, you the meeting will get adjourned same time same place next week and if that next week is a national holiday then the next succeeding day which is not a national holiday so there is automatic adjournment of the meeting now at the adjourned meeting also you don't do it now that law is going to punish you they first gave you a meeting chance you didn't do anything now adjourn meeting there also you didn't do anything law says enough is enough now i am going to punish how will i punish you you showed indifference by not doing anything about this director i'll also show indifference by doing what i am not going to ask you but this director is automatically reappointed so this director gets automatically reappointed unless this director himself now feels that he cannot take the indifference so he goes and tells that i don't wish to be reappointed so in those cases no otherwise he will get reappointed there are a couple of other uh, uh, tricky points interconnecting points which i cannot talk in the audio clipping so that anyway the guys who have attended my classes will know others i'm sure your textbooks etc will cover you can check it out so this section as i told you will apply only to uh, public companies and agm only and this uh, will not apply that 6 and 7 however that whatever we apply to a um, government company but there are certain conditions where 100% capital is held by some other com- uh, go- by government and all those things that you can check it out now the most interesting thing in this is if there are i mean how many when i say total number what exactly is the total number is it the total number of directors in the company no so first and foremost i should take the total number of directors in the company and subtract additional directors why should i subtract additional directors because additional directors tenure is only till the agm whereas i told you 1526 happens at the agm hence i need to subtract additional directors additional directors will no longer be additional directors at the agm so how can i use rotation mechanism on them there are many mistakes in other textbooks where they have included them and made them rotational and made a mess of it it's 100% wrong icai also follows the same thing 
follows the correct uh, interpretation you need to subtract from the total number second we have independent director independent director also has to be subtracted from the total number because obviously they will not be uh, liable for rotation it's clearly given in uh, 149.13 and also in the explanation to this section only they have given when there is there are two views what about small shareholder director for him there are two views one view says include him and make him non-rotational and the other view says based on the rules other view says that since he has to follow all the independent director requirements you need to subtract from the total number now institute in one answer they have included and made them non-rotational in the other answer they have excluded so for this you can actually write a note and close it you can take whatever interpretation but you can write a note and close it but additional director don't take the other interpretation of uh, including and all that please exclude then nominee director very simple nominee director if the nominee director is appointed by a financial institution set up by a separate act of parliament so that separate act like lic uti all these acts they will override companies act because of which you need to subtract from the total number but if it's a private institution like uh, icici hsbc hdfc and all that then you need to include and make him non-rotational so in the exam what do you follow in the exam blindly include and make him non-rotational unless they have given lic and all that that uh, till now till all these attempts some 30 40 attempts not even once they have given they'll simply say nominee director so kindly include and make him non-rotational then one more uh, director proportional representation that we'll see later. So these are the directors who you have to subtract from the total number without fail. So that's how it is. So it's very simple. This is the section. Now, uh, will directors of private company retire by rotation? No, as I told you, this will not apply to them. So they can have their own rules and regulations. Now, what is the tenure of these directors generally till that whatever one third gets over? Basically, it's the AGM. Now, what if the AGM is not held only? That is one more valid point. Directors know that they will not be reappointed. So, they will not hold the AGM. So, there were many people who were doing it. That's why MCA came out with the clarification that you will hold office till the AGM when you actually hold it or the last date on which you should have held as per the law. So, whichever is earlier, you will have to vacate your office. So, in this way, even if you don't hold the AGM, the last day on which you should have held as per the law, you should vacate your office. But there can be few cases where, you know, genuinely you could not hold the AGM in that cases. In those cases, you have to see the facts of the case. And if it's a bona fide reason, then uh, the courts can grant you permission. This was held as discussed in class in a case called Ambika T Company Limited case. I think these two sections are very important. 152.1 and 152.6 and 7. So I think uh, this is enough for the day. Next time we'll see the other sections. Whenever I'm going to have the time to record audios next time, I'll see that. But for now, these two sections would be good enough to revise. So this is part part two of my cluster two. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Cheers. Good night. Good evening, buddies. Punavas Jaikumar here from Advait Learning. Let's go ahead with our discussion now. Yesterday, I think we had finished the first uh, director under 1521 and the rotation mechanism. So as discussed, what is... Uh, rotation mechanism it's just a mechanism whereby a regular director has to uh, be split into two either rotational or non-rotational and if he's rotational then you will go into the retiring category and i told you the only way to enter the company would be to be appointed as a regular director and how can you be appointed as regular director under 152 to red with 160 right that is what we had discussed
Now today we will be understanding the procedure of 160. Mind you, this entire procedure is not applicable to a private company, not applicable to a section 8 company, not applicable to a specified IFSC company and also that government company condition that we saw yesterday. In these audio clippings, the applicability and non-applicability will tend to get confusing. So I would rather uh, go... Uh, I'd go over it very quickly rather than spending more time on this. Uh, in audio clippings, what would be more effective are the you know important provisions rather than sticking to each and everything. That anyway, you can see the probably the one day revision or also anyway, those of you who have attended my classes will know it anyway or in my notes, it's available so you can go through. So whatever is important or whatever can be effectively conveyed in audio clippings, I'll be doing that. Cool. Section 160, mind you, happens at a, at any general meeting. So, it can happen at an annual general meeting or extraordinary general meeting. And predominantly, it happens for private, uh, sorry, to public companies. Now, can an outsider propose himself to be appointed as a director? Yes. Can an outsider propose one more outsider? Answer to that is no. Can an outsider propose a member? Answer to that also is a no. However, can a member propose himself? Yes. Can a member propose one more member? For that also, it is a yes. Can a member propose an outsider for yes, that, that also it is a yes. So here it says such member or such an outsider can propose this notice. Now is this 14 days notice a special notice? The answer is no. Special notice is governed under section 115. We have already discussed that in uh, removal of director. So that is a special notice. Uh, so special notice is given only in four circumstances in the entire companies act. Circumstance number one is 169 subsection 2. Basically only two sections but four circumstances. Circumstance number one is 169 subsection 2. Then 169 subsection 5 and the other two circumstances are 140 subsection 4. Two circumstances arise from that one subsection 140 subsection 4. So as a gist special notice can only given for removal of director before expiry of his term. And removal of auditor on expiry office term. Barring that, you cannot give special notice anyway. Just because you see 14 days notice is never a special notice. So here, or is not essentially a special notice. So this notice is not a special notice. And special notice is given by 1% voting power. But here an outsider also can give who has no shares in the company also can give. So this is not a special notice. So he will give to the company not less than 14 days before the meeting. And the company will forthwith send to everybody not less than seven days before the meeting. And one additional thing is now a person who is proposing himself or somebody else to be appointed as director has to give a deposit of one lakh rupees. This one lakh rupees is to enforce seriousness. Otherwise, you know, every Tom, Dick and Harry will uh, would want to be appointed as the director of some very big company. So one lakh rupees. This one lakh rupees will be uh, returned or refunded only if that person gets more than 25% of the valid votes. To be elected, obviously, you need to get more than 50%. But what does it say here? Even if you get more than 25%, you will be getting the refund. It means you have lost the election, but you have still lost it honorably. It shouldn't be like I am the only member who have who has, uh, what do you say, proposed myself and I am the only person who has voted for me. Shouldn't be like that. So any person who has uh, got more than 25% of the valid votes, which means who has lost honorably, will be getting the refund. Or if he has won the election, won the election is more than 50%. Anyway, he'll win the election. He will get the, uh, what do you say, refund of that 1 lakh deposit. Otherwise, that 1 lakh deposit shall be forfeited. However, think about it. This will not be applicable. I cannot, like if the board of directors only want to appoint a director, 
a very famous person as a director then i can't go to him and ask for money that's the reason why a very good amendment has come a couple of years ago that is the companies amendment act 2017 where they have told that any independent director or any director nominated by the nrc nrc is not related to caa and all that here nrc here is the nomination and remuneration committee if any constituted under section 178 that is or any director recommended by the board of directors when the board of directors themselves want that person to be appointed then the concept of that deposit will not arise this deposit has to be uh, returned very very interesting note if this deposit is not returned and one year has elapsed then 1642b will get attracted and the directors will get disqualified so it's very interesting to note so section 160 notice can be given by member irrespective of the shares or irrespective of which member also so even a preference shareholder can give when an outsider only can give obviously a preference shareholder also can be can can give the thing and as discussed 160 is the only route to enter the company so if you want to uh, immediately appoint anybody or if you can wait till the agm you can wait but if you want to appoint immediately then you have to combine this section 160 along with section 100 section 100 talks about the extraordinary general meeting apart from that we also need to file form dir2 that is concerned with the company then form dir12 that is concerned with the roc you have to update register of directors you have to of director shareholding you have to inform stock exchanges and of course you need to refund the deposit so this is regarding section 160 So next we will discuss the very important series of 161 in my next audio clipping. So this was relating to section 160. Thank you guys. Cheers. Good evening, friends. Punarvas Jai Kumar here from Advait Learning. Okay. So in the previous video, we sorry audio, we had discussed uh, section 160, right? So let's go ahead now. To one sixty one one. So this entire section is very important. Section one sixty one. So we have additional director one sixty one one. Then we have one sixty one two, which speaks about alternate director. Then we have one sixty one three, which speaks about nominee director, and one sixty one four, which speaks about casual vacancy director. So this is a very important section for the exam or otherwise. So let's go ahead. Section one sixty one one. So additional director. so we had discussed in 152 one uh, that is the first directors that that is a power subject to articles correct so similarly here is it the same or not let's see so what are the wording say the wordings you know are like this the articles of a company may confer on its board of directors the power to appoint any person other than a person who fails to get himself appointed as a director in a general meeting as an additional director so this is a power derived from articles this is not a power subject to articles in a power subject to articles what is the scene if first and foremost i have to blindly follow the articles if the article say something follow the articles if the articles are silent only then i follow the law correct on the other hand this is if the articles give the power for the section to apply only then the section will apply if the articles are silent then the section will not apply then the section will not apply so this section 161 is a power derived from articles so very very important note if i have to appoint an additional director then the power has to be given to me by my articles articles of my company 
So here they say the articles of a company may confer the power on the board of directors. So basically who can appoint the uh, first, sorry, who can appoint the additional director? It has to be the board of directors. Now, board of directors can appoint via two things generally. One is via board meeting resolution under section 173 or you can have something called as a resolution by circulation, popularly called as circular resolution where the appointment would be sent to everyone along with all the details. They'll sit in the comfort of their homes and then what do you say, you know, uh, appoint anyone. So the thing is here, we have to see in the law whether the words meeting have been given anywhere. If the word meeting has been given, then it should mean that it's a board meeting resolution. Otherwise, it's not a board meeting resolution. Here, they have not given anything. Hence, the appointment has to be done. Point number one, very simple. So how to summarize? Point number one, an additional director to revise. Point number one, it's a power derived from articles. Point number two, which means if articles are silent, section does not apply. Point number three, articles empower the board of directors to appoint point number four board of directors can either appoint via circular resolution or via board meeting resolution point number five what is the tenure of the additional director the additional director's tenure is up to the date of the annual general meeting or the last date on which annual general meeting should have been held whichever is earlier this logic i have anyway discussed under 152.6 even those directors last date will be the date on which the AGM should have been held. Similarly, even for additional director, but for 152.6, if you see, uh, there is no specific provision in law, but that was an MCA clarification. But here they have inserted that in the law. Guys, last date will be the last date on which AGM should have been held or the day when you actually hold it, whichever is earlier. So these are the five points. And moreover, let's say if you have been, I mean, if you have tried going under the 152.2 red and 160 route and you have been rejected by the shareholders, right? You haven't got appointed there. Can you get a backdoor entry under 161.1 and can the board uh, appoint you? The answer is no. So anyone who has not got entry to, through the main door, main door is always 152.2 red with 160. If you have not got entry via the main door, you cannot come to the back door where the board of directors will appoint you. So these are the points to be noted in the additional director concept. One question they can ask you, can uh, shareholders appoint additional directors? There are two views to it, which I have discussed in class in depth, but for revision purposes, let's follow the ICI method. ICI interpretation says that the board of directors alone can appoint. Articles cannot confer the power to the shareholders. Those of you who have attended my classes, we have done an in-depth discussion on what is the correct answer and what is to be followed and what are the other ways of looking at it. We have also invoked certain provisions of interpretation of statutes. We have interpreted it using a literal legis. We have interpreted using reasonable construction, all that if you remember. But for those who haven't taken my classes, absolutely fine, guys. Let's stick to the exam. Examination, ICISAs. Articles cannot confer the power to the shareholders. So who can do it? Only the BOD. And how can they do it? Board meeting resolution or by circular resolution. Can additional director be a managing director? What do you think? Yes, important to know that managing director is just the captaincy position given. It's just that you are the captain of the ship. So anybody can become managing director except See, an independent director obviously cannot be a managing director because a managing director should be somebody who is linked to the company who is working in the company. Independent director is a person who cannot be working in the company full time. 
So independent director cannot become, then small shareholder director cannot become and nominee director cannot become an MD. Barring that every director can become a managing director. So of course, additional director also can become a managing director. So, it, but it's very interesting to say that, uh, let's say you have appointed as an additional director and why will you appoint somebody as an additional director? There's a new project on hand. So they appoint you as an additional director, an expert in that project. You impress everybody so that so much that they want to make you the captain of the ship. So you impress them. You are just a player. You impress them so much that they want to make you the captain of the team. Fair enough. No problem for you for, you know, to appoint you as a captain. However, I need not go to any section here in 160 series. I have to go to the 190 series. So here I need to appoint you as a captain under section 196, 197, schedule 5 and all those things. So the main appointment as a player, player is equal to director. The main appointment as a player is under 161.1 here in this example. But the appointment as a captain will come under 196 and 197. Now a very peculiar thing may happen. See generally managing director will have a, a tenure of five years. So let's say I'll make you captain for five years. But as a player here under 161.1, what is your tenure? Only next AGM. So think about it. You're a captain for five years, but a player only for one year or till the AGM. So at the AGM, what happens? You will no longer be a director. So tell me one thing, guys, if you are no longer a player, can you be a captain? Obviously not. You will be a captain only if you are a player, if you are in the playing 11. If you are not in the playing 11, you can never be a captain. As simple as that. So which is the more powerful uh, entity here or powerful concept here? The powerful concept is you being a player. That is you being a director. So 161.1 will have more power over 196 or 197. So the question was very simple. You are an additional director, later appointed as a managing director. Right. But unfortunately, your tenure got over at the AGM. So the question was, what they did was, was they appointed you as a regular director now through the normal route, main door, right? Main door, 152 to Redway 160. And then the question was, if I have to give you captaincy position again, the moment you are no longer a director, obviously you no longer are a captain, you no longer are an MD. But now I have regularized your appointment and introduced you as a main player by appointing you as a regular player by appointing you under 152 to red with 160. Now, can you be appointed as an MD? Of course, yes. But should you follow all the procedures of 196 and 197 again? The answer is yes. Mind you, in the exam, you have to say answer is yes. Not in the exam. Normal concept also is like that because there is a gap. There was a gap of maybe one day, few hours where you are actually appointed under 152 to red with 160. However, it will create a lot of administrative hassles. That's why MCA has given a relaxation. What relaxation they have given? You were an additional director. Then you became managing director. Then because of the AGM, you lost your position as a director. Because of which you lost your position also. Now, however, since you are really good, if I regularize your appointment as a uh, director now, Will you have to follow the same procedures of MD again? Though the answer is yes, MCA has told no. MCA has given a relaxation. So in the exam, you have to say yes first and then give out the relaxation. So that's how you need to look at it. So basically, it's a 160 and then MD and later, sorry, uh, mind you, sorry, sorry, come again. I'll, I'll come again. 161.1. 
hear me out very carefully first you are appointed under 161 1 then you are appointed as an md under 196 then what happens agm you will vacate your office but since you are good they will regularize under 160 now should i take the md approvals again though the answer is yes but because of mca clarification need not take so basically 161 one first and then 160 combination does not require the approval in all other cases approvals are required so this is the important thing under this section and see board of directors have the power to appoint uh, additional directors so let's say there are two companies who have started one more company so a limited and b limited have started c limited a limited has some 60% voting power and b limited has 40% voting power and a limited has some six directors b limited has some four directors now a limited has anyway the majority shareholding also majority directors also now what will they do those six directors out of 10 will simply appoint five more directors why total number of directors in a company can be 15 so you will appoint five more directors just like that and they call them additional directors but what is the reason why they are appointing them no project nothing the reason we are appointing them is to ensure that your board is strengthened so basically out of 15 now only four directors represent that 40% 11 directors represent 60% legally you have not broken any law honestly speaking everything is fine technically also everything is fine but is this the objective of law is the objective of 16111 to strengthen the board of directors obviously no hence such appointments cannot be made a four marker can be asked on this also it's anyway given in the notes so additional director has the same rights liabilities same no change it will apply to all companies private or public so this was about additional director guys thank you so much cheers good evening friends when i was here how's the lockdown treating you i think we have reached day 7 today so it's one week of the lockdown all right so let's revise now yesterday we had discussed i think 160 and additional director 1611 if i'm not wrong correct chalo so let's go ahead today and discuss 1612 onwards uh yeah but i think we'll start with 1614 then we'll go to 2 and 3 okay cool so let's do 1614 that is casual vacancy director so who's the casual vacancy director so first of all what is a casual vacancy casual vacancy is vacancy created in the office of a director who has been appointed validly and then who whose tenure is still going on but before the tenure ends something happens to him what happens to him death disqualification that is vacation of office removal resignation whatever it is uh, he become insanity or he becomes insolvent whatever the case may be because of which if he is no longer in office now then i can appoint a casual vacancy director so very simple if your term is let's say 3 years and one and a half years later something happens to you or you want to get out of the company you want to resign then for the remaining one and a half years so the company can do two things this is most important to understand people don't understand the students always get confused so see the thing is in one and a half years later do you if you left now the company has two options or other three options one they can fill the replacement right two broad options then i'll come to three options two broad options one broad option is what they can either fill the vacancy second broad option they can choose not to fill the vacancy very simple they can either choose or they can 
choose not to fill the vacancy. They can keep it vacant. Now, if they choose to fill the vacancy, there are two ways they can do it. This is the most important important part. One, they can choose to fill the vacancy under 161.4. If you choose to fill the vacancy under 161.4, that is called as casual vacancy. Or you can choose to fill the vacancy under any other section also, right? Like you can appoint a new director, brand new director under which section? 152.2 red with 160. So that's the best part, guys. Do not get confused. I repeat, if before your tenure, your uh, appointment is already done and before your tenure comes to an end, you either resign, you are removed or you are disqualified, you are vacating your office your entire you know office the work comes to an end because of any reason for that matter but tenure is still continuing then the company has two options one option is to appoint somebody else in your place or the other option is to not appoint anybody as simple as that if they choose to appoint somebody else in your place they can either choose to do it under 161.4 or they can do it under 152.2 red with 160 as simple as that if they choose to do it under 161.4, how to proceed is the question. So now let's read the, now if you understood this basics, we can Aramsi read the section. Okay, so section is very, very clear. So uh, it applies to what all companies is what we need to see. Earlier it was applicable only to public companies. Now it applies to all types of companies. And which type of director is covered, dear friends? Now is the thing. It says, if the office of any director appointed by company in general meeting is vacated before his term of office expires. So this section will apply only and only if the person who is leaving the office now should have originally been appointed as a director through which route? Only through the shareholders route. So basically, if you have been appointed by the board before, like an additional director, then can you appoint a casual vacancy director of an additional director? Not possible. In class, if you remember, we had discussed, uh, we had made a chart which covered all the things, right? Casual vacancy of the first director, is it possible? Casual vacancy of uh, a 160 director, is it possible? Casual vacancy of nominee director, so please refer that chart, right? So basically, the person who is leaving should have been a person who was originally appointed by shareholders in general meeting. Now, who will appoint? Second point number two, who will appoint? The casual vacancy may be appointed. So, may be appointed. So, it is discretionary in nature, may or may not. Third one, is it power derived from articles or subject to articles? It is subject to articles because it says in default of and subject to any articles. Fourth one, who can appoint? Shall be filled by the board. Fifth one, how will they appoint? Whether board meeting resolution or circular? Here it says via a board meeting resolution only. And sixth one, do you need shareholders approval also? Yes. So there's an amendment here where they say shareholders approval is also needed, which shall be subsequently approved by members in the immediately next general meeting. So these are the points to be considered. Point number one, uh, whose office? Office of a director was originally appointed by shareholders in general meeting. Second, is it mandatory to fill? No, it says may. Third one, Default of articles or subject to, art, I mean, uh, power derived from articles or subject to articles, subject to articles. Next, fourth, should be filled by whom? Board of directors. Fifth, board meeting or circular? Only board meeting. Next, should do you need the approval of shareholders also? Yes, you need the approval of the shareholders as well. Last part is, what is the tenure of this guy? This guy's tenure is very simple. I told you, 
one and a half years later you vacate your office the new fellow can be appointed either afresh under 1522 red with 160 if you appoint a new guy afresh under 1522 red with 160 you please do not come near 1614 when will i come near 1614 only when i appoint him as a casual vacancy director the only relationship between the new director who is appointed under 1614 and the director whom he is replacing the only connection is the tenure that's it so what is the tenure here whatever the old guy whatever the old director would have held office whatever time 2 years 1 year 1 and 1/2 years same time the casual vacancy director also will hold office that's the only thing apart from that there is no other change so basically casual vacancy in the office of any director who is appointed by the board of directors cannot be Uh, done through this section 1614 not possible so one interesting question may come let us say uh, you are a director appointed under 160 okay mr a let's say mr a is a director appointed under 160 and let us say he dies so they appoint a casual vacancy fair enough because mr a was originally appointed by shareholders in general meeting so they appoint mr b now the best part is b also dies the question is can you appoint mr c C is replacing whom? B or A? C is replacing B. Was B appointed by shareholders in general meeting? No. B was appointed by board of directors. Of course, with the approval of the shareholders. So, will can C be appointed as casual vacancy? Generally, the answer is no. In the exam, also you should write no, but you should write a note because MCA has given a. notification way back in the somewhere in the 70s that given a notification that notification has to be written in the exam as a note unfortunately the suggested answers don't carry this it is pretty stupid of a student not to write this clarification uh, extra weightage will be given for this uh, additional note so very very important note you have to write saying what though cv of a cv it is called casual vacancy of a casual vacancy main answer is no casual vacancy of a casual vacancy not possible however as per the mca relaxation they told that you know originally an appointment if it is made at a general meeting then the board may also fill cv of a cv so basically a died and b replaced a b died and c replaced b but what is mca is mca telling mca is telling c is not replacing b c is actually in term replacing the main appointment that is a if a was appointed by shareholders in general meeting then even c can be appointed as a casual vacancy so this is the important note that you need to write that's uh, all about it period of us everything is discussed so this is regarding 1614 it is applicable to all types of companies this is casual vacancy director cheers guys next recording we will uh, discuss the other two we will do a combined reading of 1612 and also maybe 1613 nominee director and we'll close it thank you good evening buddies punavas here from advait learning so in the last audio i think we had done casual vacancy 1614 let us go ahead with alternate director and nominee 1612 and 1614 together we'll finish it off so at least a major part of that would be over okay so let's say <clears throat> alternate director so first the concept is who is an alternate director alternate director is a director who would be appointed in place of the original director who goes abroad for more than 3 uh, more than 3 months very simple so if anyone is going for 3 months 
not less than three months it says so if anyone is going for you know more than three months what will happen i can appoint somebody called as an alternate director now this section was there in the old act 1956 act it was section 313 of 1956 so that time think about it guys there was no concept of teleconferencing video conferencing and all that so obviously if any person went abroad and moreover in 1956 it was not even abroad it was from a state in which the board meetings are ordinarily held so let's say the board meetings are happening in karnataka and if you go to chennai Tamil Nadu for more than three months, you could actually appoint an alternate director. That made sense in 1956 because traveling was a luxury, which was uh, given only to a few people. So you could appoint somebody else to represent. But now, because of the advent of video conferencing and the uh, legal sanction and also counting of quorum, even though you attend via video conferencing in uh, 173, 174, etc. the concept of alternate director has been slightly diluted alternate director now is only restricted to your uh, emergencies that is medical emergencies and also potentially legal impossibilities where you cannot come to this country but also where you are barred from attending any meetings as well via video conferencing and also you know your sabbatical where a director would want to take a extended break i have uh, explained this concept in depth in class so i hope you can recall that anyway so first of all who has to appoint here first and foremost the board of directors there are two ways of reading it can the shareholders also appoint an alternate director the answer is no because here the power is only given to the board the board of directors of a company may appoint alternate director but very interesting to know the authority for the board of directors to appoint should either come from the articles or if the articles are silent it can come from the shareholders mind you friends shareholders can only authorize the board to appoint alternate directors shareholders themselves cannot appoint alternate directors so tell me one thing can you have a casual vacancy director to an alternate director let's say there is director a who goes abroad for more than 3 months right then i'll appoint mr b that will also feels uh, let he needs a break so the day is appointed only he goes abroad for more than 3 months it's a very stupid example but think about it can you appoint a casual vacancy director to an alternate director no way because it's very clear casual vacancy director will be appointed only in place of a director who was originally appointed by the shareholders whereas alternate director is originally appointed by the board always appointed by the board an alternate director also is uh, not mandatory because the act uses the word may now if you are already an alternate director for some other director in the company you cannot be an alternate director for a second director and second one if you are already a director in the company you cannot be an alternate director for some other director so let's say there is a company in which you are a director one of the other directors goes abroad now can you act in dual capacity one as a director second as an alternate director for that other director who left answer is no so whereas an outsider can be an alternate director for some other director in your company but basically what i'm saying is in the same company one person cannot hold two alternate directorships and one more thing is if you are already a director in a company you cannot hold the alternate directorship for some other director in the same company but is this possible tell me you are a director of company a in company b your friend goes abroad can you be appointed as alternate director of company b 100% yes so you can be a director of company a but can also be an alternate director of company b 
got it on the other hand you cannot be an alternate director of somebody in company a for sure or you cannot be a director also of company b why because you are already an alternate director of company b if you are getting confused aram say you rewind this and listen to it again coolly you will 100% understand i can assure you that all right i know you'll be like what is this fellow telling alternate director this director don't worry coolly go rewind anyway is a rewind option go rewind and aram say listen again you will 100% understand and can i appoint two alternate directors or one one director what do you think so rajnikanth is going abroad for more than 3 months can i appoint two other directors rajni and kanth can i appoint two other directors for one director because rajnikanth is powerful one director is not enough can i appoint two no way companies act is absolutely clear it says an alternate director for a director so one on one correlation is what i need to see and uh, if somebody who is going out is an independent director can i appoint an alternate director for an independent director the proviso says even that alternate director should follow all the independence requirements so even that fellow should be uh, should follow all the provisions of 14096 onwards but very interesting sebi regulation is there for listed companies you cannot have an alternate director for a independent director so though companies act allows sebi for listed companies disallows appointment of alternate director for independent director in the exam if they ask what to do see the question if they are asking about companies act follow companies act but still you can write a note as per sebi act so and so it will definitely add weightage to the answer now coming to the tenure of the alternate director what is the tenure tenure of the alternate director is very simple it is three things one not longer than permissible than the original director second till the original term of the office of the original director is determined that is it is terminated third one when the original director returns to india three things so if the original director returns to india point number 1 second not longer than that permissible means what the original director's tenure was 2 years now can the alternate director stay here for more than 2 years no third one if the original director's tenure is determined terminated means what he resigns there so will the alternate director continue here no then very common doubt is who will attend the meeting who has to attend like for example that other director has gone on a sabbatical or let's say medical impossibility has gone on for some treatment but there is some important issue being discussed now so i request him to attend via video conferencing so think about it rajnikanth is attending via video conferencing whereas here is alternate director correct vadivelu right his alternate director vadivelu here is attending via uh, is attending physically whereas his uh, i mean rajnikanth the original director is attending via video conferencing what do you think whose vote will be counted so in rajnikanth movies whatever rajnikanth it will be counted but in companies act trust me it is vadivelu's vote only will be counted when can rajnikanth's vote be counted has he returned to india no way so only when he returns to india his votes will be counted otherwise his vote will not be counted and tell me one thing rajnikanth visited india in his sabbatical he told 6 months i will not come but in the fourth month he came back and he just attended the marriage of vadivelu's daughter does it mean he returned to india 
no returns to india means not that your uh, does your you know feet touch indian soil that is not returns to india that we see in the movies right he's walking down from the aeroplane and his uh, feet touches indian soil and suddenly all the wind gushes the sand uh, every is uh, sand everywhere and all those you know those typical dramatic movie scenes no returns to india means what returns means returns with an element where he has to work with a with a clear cut objective of coming back to work right that is called returns to india there is a case also here jansen engineering private limited case law you can check it out i have discussed all this in class so this is the things these are all the things can shareholders appoint alternate director and all that definitely not can an alternate director be a managing director definitely yes can can yes anybody can become a managing director definitely that we have already discussed so also can you appoint an alternate director for a foreign director no there are couple of uh, mistakes in the ici question paper and as well as the answers where they say that the company has appointed alternate director for foreign collaborator and all that it is all wrong because if you are a foreign collaborator you never would have come to india see the wordings in the section it's very clear it says during his absence correct if you are not even present you can't say you are absent am i right so during his absence and when he returns returns means what is already here so he's coming back so you cannot appoint an alternate director for a foreigner that's for sure a foreign director so all these things and alternate director is not a proxy to the original director guys so if the original director wants to say yes to a particular thing the alternate director can still say no is not a proxy where he has to act upon act upon the original director he has his own uh, what do you say uh, rights liabilities and all those things so of course 1612 applies to all types of companies nominee directors under 1613 nominee directors are directors appointed by any financial institution or uh, central government or state government by virtue of the shareholding of the government company and all those things very very important in the exam for nominee director all you need to remember are only three things first point there should be a written agreement as simple as that in the exam you open your eyes three things you search first one there should be an agreement second one it is subject to the articles means what article should clearly lay out the terms and conditions of appointment of nominee directors and first one as i told you there has to be a loan agreement between the company and the bank third one board resolution has to be passed mind you 1613 uses the word board may pass a resolution that may shall be read as shall we have discussed in class we have to invoke the principle of exceptional construction interpretation of statute here may should be read as shall these three things you look out that's it so that is regarding nominee director i hope you understood guys thank you so much revise well take care Hey, good evening, friends. Manav was Jai Kumar here from Advait Learning. Yesterday we had uh, finished the major part of cluster two, so let's finish off cluster two today. Not much is left, but let's whatever is left will finish cluster two. So, uh, as much as possible, we'll try to do it. So, one part which was pending was the resident director. So, as per section one forty nine two, there should have should be at least one director who stays in India for a period of not less than one hundred and eighty two days. this was predominantly where you know uh, because of uh, shri vijay malya i call him shri because because of him so many laws have come right so shri vijay malya's uh, action because his his entire board of directors including him 
escaped India, right? So when they lifted the corporate veil, nobody was there to charge, I mean, to prosecute against. That's the reason why one of the most important sections is 149.2. I mean, in the entire uh, compliance standpoint, so to speak. So every company shall have at least one director who stays in India for a total period of not less than 182 days during the financial year earlier it was previous financial year and all that and previous calendar year it, it did not make sense obviously in every financial year you need to see and if the company has been incorporated somewhere midway then it will be prorated that is proportionately you need to calculate so it is 182 days is 182 days you have seen in uh, income tax act in fema and all those things then one of the most important sections of uh, companies act for the examination point of view is the woman director so 149.1 proviso, we have to read it with uh, rule 3 of the company's appointment and qualification of director rules. So here it says, the following class of companies shall appoint at least one woman director. Who is that? Every listed company and every other public company having paid up share capital 100 crore or more or turnover 300 crore or more. So listed company, mandatory. Apart from that, unlisted public company, paid up capital 100 crore or more and turnover 300 crore or more when do i see this paid up capital and turnover i should see it as per the latest audited balance sheet so for uh, new companies incorporated under the act and who have to follow 149 they have to do it within six months and any intermittent vacancy has to be filled at the next board meeting or three months whichever is later so this is also important next board meeting or three months whichever is later Cool. So these were the things. Then uh, small shareholder director is section 151. So who is a small shareholder director? Every listed company may have one director as a small shareholder director. It's not mandatory. How can it happen? It can happen either Suomoto or a few of the small shareholders can appoint. Who are these small shareholders who have not more than 20,000 rupees nominal value? So a listed company may do it on its own or with the approval of 1,000 small shareholders or one-tenth of the total number of such shareholders, whichever is lower. So let's say the company has around 10 uh, or 1 lakh small shareholders. So one-tenth will be 10,000. So it's either 10,000 or 1,000 small shareholders, whichever is lesser. So here it comes to 1,000. Correct? So they can do it so much also. That is voluntarily their wish. Now, to appoint a small shareholder director, the small shareholder should give a notice of 14 days before the meeting that they want to propose a small shareholder director. And uh, can the small shareholder director, should he be a small shareholder? Not necessarily. He need not even be a member of the company. So if he does not hold any shares, all those things need to be mentioned in the notice. So his din should be maintained and he should also ensure that he is not disqualified under section 164 and also his consent under 152.5 also have to be obtained and such director shall be considered as an independent director because he has to also follow 149, 6 and 7. So most importantly the appointment shall be subject to the provisions of section 152 and such director shall not be liable to retire by rotation means what the rotation concept will not apply to this guy. As we already know, rotation will not apply. Uh, because we have seen that, so small shareholder diet will either exclude or put him and make him non-rotational. So the concept of rotation exactly will not apply to the small shareholder director. And such a director's tenure shall not exceed a period of three consecutive years. So the time limit for the small shareholder director is three years. 
and on the expiry of the tenure the director shall not be eligible for reappointment so basically it's a one time tenure of 3 years that's it after that you cannot be reappointed then in the examination they'll ask one question that um, when will this guy vacate the office when will the small shareholder director vacate the office so the small shareholder director will vacate the office if the director incurs any of the disqualifications under section 164 or if he vacates his office under section 167 and the third important point director ceases to meet the criteria of independence so if he is not an independent i mean if he doesn't follow whatever provisions are there for independent director then obviously he will have to vacate his office as a small shareholder director can you be a small shareholder director in two companies the answer is yes you can be in two companies but not more than two companies also these two companies must be non competing so you cannot have the competing you cannot be a small shareholder director of two companies which are into competing business that's how it is next uh yeah and of course it shall not be after you know he exits the company as a small shareholder director there is a 3 year period where he ceases to hold i mean for see 3 years from the date he ceases to hold office he held any other position in the company he cannot be associated with the company in any other capacity like an employee or uh, a consultant whatever so basically there is a 3 years is a cooling period after 3 years he can definitely come back as a consultant or an employee and all that but he cannot become a small shareholder director one more interesting thing to remove a small shareholder director what do you need to remove a small shareholder director do you need uh, section 169 or should it be removed only by small shareholders the answer is he can be removed by any shareholders under section 169 so these are all the provisions is small shareholder director an independent director i have given a note in my uh, you know entire in my uh, what do you say module 1 there is a note you can follow that note i have explained also in depth in class so that unfortunately cannot be uh, recorded as an audio clipping because it would it's slightly complicated similarly independent director also there are so many provisions so they it cannot be uh, recorded in audio but uh, because there are so many intricate provisions without writing down and giving examples it's very difficult to record those provisions it will be simply like uh, reading the provision so you might as well read that nevertheless one thing we can discuss is the minimum number of independent director etc is governed by companies act also and sebi regulations as well uh, so listed companies shall have at least one third of the total number as independent directors whereas for unlisted companies you need two independent directors and for which company where paid up capital is 10 crore or more or turnover is 100 crore or more or the outstanding loans debenture deposits exceeds 50 crore mind you for the first two things it is 10 crore or more 100 crore or more for the third item it is more than 50 crore apart from that he should be a person of integrity and possess relevant expertise and um, he should not have been a promoter or related to the promoter in any way and they also speak about pecuniary relationship and also the relatives should not have uh, certain things which is covered anyway and the auditors uh, disqualification provisions also so all those things are intricate and will not uh, make a compelling case for the audio clipping because it will be a waste of time for you and me as well because i'll be simply be reading the provisions so unless you understand and uh, note down and you know uh, see various scenarios it will be difficult to explain in audio clipping so that part we can skip nevertheless uh, 
three types of unlisted companies need not have independent directors one would be the joint venture one would be the wholly owned subsidiary and one more would be a dormant company under section 455 so these three things these three uh, companies need not have independent directors so that is about independent directors two other uh, sections which uh, are needed to complete this entire cluster would be 162 and 163 162 talks about appointment to be voted individually what is this section very simple now there are three directors three directors are coming in front of you and standing now don't you think so as shareholders you need to vote for each of them it shouldn't be like if you say yes all the three will be appointed or if you say no all the three will be removed it shouldn't be like that one each director has to be protected just because one director is good and two directors are bad those that one director should be protected against the two in the sense that it shouldn't be like that you will you are unfortunately lost in the entire crowd correct so to protect the director this section is there this section clearly says that every director has to be voted individually there cannot be like a group voting or a combined voting it should be voted individually however if you don't want to vote individually if you want one shot appointment that is, if if the shareholders say yes, all the three will be appointed. If the shareholders say no, all the three will be rejected. If you want like that, extreme conditions are required as per section 162. 162 says there are there should be two resolutions, right? In the resolution number one, should be unanimous. Unanimous means everybody should decide. Everybody should decide to do what? Either to appoint all the three or to reject all the three, correct? So first resolution must be unanimous in the unanimous resolution, like all the shareholders will either have to agree on one thing, have to agree to do what to do a single voting. So for example, if there are 100 shareholders, 60 shareholders may say, yes, I want all three, 40 shareholders may want all three to be removed or not to be reappointed. So it doesn't mean that all 100 should agree to appoint all three or to reject all three. No. It means that all 100 people agree on one thing. What one thing? That they have decided to either appoint all the three or to reject all the three. So in my example, 60 people had agreed on one extreme. What is one extreme? To appoint all the three. 40 people had agreed on the other extreme. What is the other extreme? To reject all the three. Basically, there is not even one shareholder in the entire group who wants just one person or who wants only two persons. So the entire shareholder group is divided into two specific groups. One group, they want all the three. One more group who don't want all the three. So isn't this very, very restrictive? So indirectly, this section actually protects the director. So they are saying that every director has to be appointed individually. But if I don't want individually, then it should be such an extreme case that all the shareholders should agree on one thing. So there can be two extremes. One extreme is they want all the three or they don't want all the three. There should not be even one person who feels that, no, no, I just want only one director and not the other two. That's the thing. This section applies only to general meetings of company. This section doesn't apply to board meetings of company. This is important because they'll ask in the exam, additional directors are being appointed using single resolution. That is possible because additional directors are appointed by board. Right? And... The resolution, if it is, there are two resolutions. First one is unanimous, second one is ordinary. So if the unanimous resolution is not passed properly, then the second resolution will be void ab initio. This is what we are trying to tell. This will also not apply to a private company, 162, and will also not apply to a government company in which entire share capital is held by the government. So this is regarding 162. And the last part of cluster 
2 to wind up cluster 2 would be section 163 principle of proportional representation so this section overrides all the other conflicting provisions because it starts with the line notwithstanding anything contained in the act and this is a power derived from articles so the articles of the company should give the power to the company to appoint via proportional representation route so what is this in this two-third of the directors are like permanent directors to protect the interest of each and every shareholder group two-thirds can be made as permanent remaining one-third will be governed as per the articles that's the reason why this two-third also will not be counted in the total number as per 152.6 so in 152.6 rotation who all will be subtracted first is additional director second is independent director third one is small shareholder director fourth one is nominee director if appointed by a separate act of parliament and fifth one would be director appointed under section 163 so they are permanent these two-third directors are permanent they are permanent for how many years three years which means they cannot be removed so coming connecting to 169 who are the directors who cannot be removed one is nominee director cannot be removed because the loan agreement will say so second a director appointed by the tribunal under 242 under uh, you know prevention of oppression and mismanagement that person cannot be removed and third one any director appointed via the proportional representation route 163 cannot be removed other hidden points we have discussed in depth in both in fast track and regular the concept of notwithstanding difference between notwithstanding and nothing in this section interpretation of statutes we have used so the permanent directorship for three years and after three years you can be reappointed any casual vacancy will be as per 161.4 and this applies to both public and private, but will not apply to that government company in which entire share capital is held by the central government, state government and stuff. So this completes dear friends, cluster two, very, very important cluster. Tomorrow onwards, we can see cluster three. All right. Thank you so much. Cheers, guys. Take care.